Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Happy Wednesday, Camel Day. To those of you in the West, my fellow brothers and sisters, as we're halfway through the working week, and for many of us, approach a holiday weekend here, at least in the United States. Uh, some of you might not work on Monday or have th- that day off, and so I commend you. I hope you guys have an amazing, amazing holiday upcoming, and I know I'll see you guys on the other side for sure. Um, I just wanted to tonight um, really talk about something that you know has really been on my mind a lot here especially as some other things start starting to, to really pop up in life. Things get busy. And over this last you know month of June, it has been so incredibly busy for me. Oh, my goodness. Uh, a lot of things have been going on, a lot of church events, a lot of other stuff at work. And you know, there's something that's going to be going on that's going to hit me pretty hard financially in the fall. And I'm looking at all this stuff. I'm looking at work and what we're trying to do there, build a bigger and better workplace environment and culture. And, and I look at all the stuff that we need to do. I look at church and all the things that we need to cover there. Uh, being involved in community events, there's a lot of opportunities for worry. There's a lot of opportunities where if you fixate your mind upon it, you will become obsessed. You'll, become, you'll use it as an idol. You will rely upon yourself more and more. And slowly but surely, you will be led away from any idea that God is there for you because you're relying upon yourself. And that is something that my mother has tried to teach me long ago is choosing peace, assuming that you have a good relationship with God and that he is at the forefront of your life. He is somebody that is a priority for you as far as your relationship with, and you are setting aside the time to fast, pray, and read scripture, basically putting in the effort, right? Putting in the effort to him and with him, then therefore, therefore, when you choose peace, it has nothing to do with what you define it as. You're listening to the Holy Spirit. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I picked up a book called The Imitation of Christ by Thomas A. Kempis. And this was a modern translation. This gentleman uh, lived, what do I believe here? In the, in the notes, in the introduction about who he was. Yeah, he was born in 1379, so a 14th century guy. And so he is writing about what does it mean, like what does it mean to be holy, that, that type of stuff. And I've added it to my daily devotional readings, and I wanted to share one of these with you. It's chapter 11, and he calls it Seeking Peace of Mind and Spiritual Progress. Listen to what this 14th century theologian says. He says, quote, We will enjoy much peace if we abstain from concerning ourselves with what others do and say, and with things that are no concern of ours. How is it possible to remain at peace for any length of time if one is concerned with other men's affairs, about things outside of oneself, and meanwhile rarely making the time for recollection and to attend one's inner self? Blessed are the simple of heart, for they will know an abundance of peace. How did it happen that so many saints were so well disposed towards divine contemplation? It was because they continually strove to mortify themselves and all their worldly desires. Thus, they are able to cling wholeheartedly to God, and even when at leisure, they were not given to idle distractions. 
We are far too occupied with our affections and desires and overly concerned with transitory things. It is rare that we fully conquer even a single vice, nor are we very zealous to grow in grace daily. Consequently, we remain lukewarm and unspiritual. If we kept total watch over ourselves and did not turn our spirit to external things, then we might pay more attention to our salvation and make better progress in divine contemplation. The biggest stumbling block is not being free from affection and desire and seeking consolation in these things, we do not strive to enter into the perfect way of the saints. Thus, we fly to the comforts of the world when we experience even a little trouble. If we were to behave like men, striving to stand firm in battle against ourselves, then we would see the Lord's help coming from heaven, for he himself is always ready to give aid to those who strive and place their trust in him. Indeed, he provides the occasions for striving for the very purpose that we may attain victory. If our religious progress consists only with respect to outward observances and forms, our devotion will soon fail. Instead, let us lay the axe to the very root of our life and dig up all unclean affection so that we might be cleansed and possess peace in our souls. It is hard to break a habit and even harder to go contrary to our own will. Yet, if you are unable to overcome light and easy obstacles, how will you overcome greater ones? Learn to resist your will at the beginning. Unlearn an evil habit, or else it will lead you little by little into worse things. If only you knew what peace a holy life would bring to you and the joy it would bring to others, I think you would be more zealous to profit in spiritual matters. Wow. So kind of recapping, he's basically saying you'll enjoy a lot of peace if you don't concern yourself and other people's affairs, anything outside of yourself that you can't control, and if you don't make time to reflect upon your own life and what the Lord's doing for you and attending to your inner needs, then how would you ever expect peace? How did the ancient saints connect with God? How did they do this? Well, they realized that they were nothing without God. They were nothing but dust. And they had to cling wholeheartedly to God for survival, both physically, emotionally, spiritually. We're too occupied with the daily distractions of life, things that change all the time. And it's very rare that we overcome something that is a vice to us, something that's sinful. If we instead stopped looking at external things and turned our attention inward to our spirit and our relationship with God, then we might very well make more time to contemplate on the things of salvation in God. But the things that get in our way is our time and affection for things that will perish, things that we can't take in our coffin. If we were going to try to stand firm and face our enemy head on, we'll find that victory Now, victory might look a little bit different for each of us, depending on where God has called us, but our roots would be in God and our devotion pure as we lay the axe to the rest of our lives that is our carnal nature and our evil desires. It's very difficult to go against your habits, the stuff that your sin nature tempts you towards, that we are, in a way, predisposed to. If we are hardly able to overcome the easy things in life on our own, how in the world would we ever expect to overcome the hard ones? 
How do you unlearn something that's natural to you, something evil, something that's desirable, that is not holy and pleasing to God if you're relying upon yourself? And this is why he says, if you only knew what a peace, a holy life would bring to you and the joy it would bring to others, I think you would be more zealous to profit in spiritual matters. So basically, how bad do you want it? Are you willing to deny yourself? That, that's really what it comes down to. Are you willing to, in your own life, for the sake of peace, not having that dread, not having that worry, saying, yeah, that things are going to be tough, but God's got it. And I'm going to spend so much time worrying about this that it's going to be a detriment. I, I can't do anything about it. And, and yet, we, we look at what Jesus says in Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. He says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is it not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not soar or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. See, I think a lot of us will agree with 34B, each day has enough trouble of its own. We'll say, oh yeah, absolutely it does. What, what are you, out of your mind? Of course, each day has enough trouble. But yet, we do everything we can to bring it inside of our own control and try to live with inside of our own world. So remember, worry is the enemy of peace. It will try to steal it. And Satan will try to steal your peace. Don't let him take it. Do not let him take it. Guard it with everything that you have. And that starts by letting it go. I mean, that particular passage in Scripture, you'll find it sometimes in your subheadings, it's listed as the cure for anxiety. Notice he doesn't give medication. He doesn't give remedies. doesn't give uh, any sort of practices other than the fact that don't worry. Just stop. Let me take care of it. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You can't change it. Who by worrying has added a single hour to his life? Self-preservation, a living out of fear? Yeah, you, you might prevent something, but you'll die of a heart attack later on in life because you've added so much cortisol to your system that you've calcified from the inside out, and now your blood, your heart can't pump, and then there you go, you die. Now, some of that might not be incredibly medically accurate. Sorry about that. And that was a butcher. I just butchered that English uh, there in that sentence, and now I can't talk. But put it this way. You might think you're adding hours on your life because you're worrying and trying to self-preserve, but long-term, what is it really doing for you? Are you serving yourself or serving God? That's really what it comes down to. And the more you try to serve yourself and you put the perspective on, like, I struggle with the hard things. How am I, what is, What's going to happen when the difficult things come? What am I going to turn to? What type of remedies? So that's what Thomas was talking about. And that's what Matthew was talking about in the gospel. So I hope this is some food for thought for you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy 4th of July to those in the United States. Appreciate all your listenership. May God bless you. May God keep you.